Previously on Winglings, M and I visited the Fruit Fairy Clan, where we found a dark shadow tainting the village and people. Even the Fruit Fairy Queen seemed to have been compromised by the dark and was unwilling to help us. One of the villagers told us where the shadow seemed to be coming from, and when we investigated, we found a dark minion centipede. It was awful. M used a powerful spell to defeat it. When I approached the conquered beast, I discovered that its heart was a shadow stone. Impressed with M's magic, I agreed to train her. And now for episode three, Emerald's Radiance. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winglings and the Fairy Kings. It had been a long day's journey after our visit to the Fruit Fairy Clan. Our wings were exhausted, and it would take some time for them to regain their strength before we could fly again. Until then, we would travel by foot. Em was doing her best to hide her discomfort. Why can't we do the training here? She asked as we bushwhacked through a swampy area. Not here, I said. Too exposed. Swamps are a favorite habitat of the bungabow. You ever seen a bungabow? No? Let's keep it that way. We'll start our lessons on the other end of the canyon. I know just the spot. Canyon? What canyon? Em's question was answered as she pushed through the last row of tall shrubs and stepped out onto a riverbank. A sandy beach led down to the water where the creek fed into a rumbling river. Downstream was a towering canyon. Emerald stared up in awe at the jagged red cliffs with swirling stripes of white that sparkled in the sun. I took in the view myself. Ever heard of the singing cliffs? Ever heard of them? Who hasn't? Their songs are sung by every fairy choir in the East Realm. Sand stuck to Em's wet flowered dress as she waded into the water. Are the stories true? You're about to find out. Em glanced between me and the cliffs. Wait, you don't mean... I nodded. We're going through the cliffs. If we follow the water, this is where it goes. We have no choice but to travel through the pass. Without flying? Without flying. It's a bit treacherous to pass on water, but it's the quickest way. I left Em to marvel at the sight. The truth was, I hadn't passed through the canyons on water before... My past experiences aboard Magborn's Jolly Leafer made me less than confident on boats. Usually I'd save my strength up to this point so I could just fly through the pass. But time was not on our side. I pulled Gabriel from his sheath and started hacking away at a thick aspen branch. What are you doing? Em asked. I'm making a boat, unless you want to swim through the rapids. 
Em shook her head emphatically. I chuckled. Then boat it is. With long, smooth strokes, I began carving the aspen trunk into the shape of a canoe. Gabriel helped guide my hands as I cut long curves and dug out deep grooves for our seats. I relied a lot on Gabriel's countless years of experience. It was obvious this wasn't the first time he'd carved a boat. I looked up at M. Remember that beehive a few wing flaps back? I do. Mind going and fetching me some honey? Sure. Slightly confused, M hiked back into the shrubs and left me to work. Once M was gone, Gabriel spoke to me. What are you doing, Will? You and I are building a boat, obviously. You are setting out to accomplish this task on your own. Gabriel's winged handle fanned my hand as it flew, pulling my hand along and making the cuts as smooth as butter. I'm not alone. Em's with me, just like you wanted. You should be using your strength to unite the clans. You are a pixie king, not a lone assassin. I'm not going to assassinate Tim. What are you going to do then? Take on the entire Dark Army with your sister? I don't know yet. I'll figure it out as we go. At least we're getting closer. Closer to imminent danger. Your sister needs more. I've heard enough. Will? Will? I sheathed my Zaxlin and stepped back. The Aspen canoe was beautiful, smooth, sharp, and powdery white. I put my hand upon it and whispered a spell, pushing Pixie into the wood to strengthen it. Klesna. This would help calm my nerves on the water. I didn't want Em seeing her big brother panic. Em stumbled onto the riverbank holding a bowl of honey, a few stings dotting her face. I got the honey, she said out of breath. This better be worth it. I got stung at least twenty times. I took the bowl and dipped my finger in it. You didn't smoke them out? What's wrong with you? Ma taught us better than that. I licked my finger. Mmm, that's good. There's a hint of tulip pollen in there. That's a good batch. Em frowned. You're not going to eat it? Well, of course I am. What do you think I was going to do with it? I don't know. Use it to seal the boat or something? I dipped my finger again. Mm, nope, just a snack. You little... Em poked me repeatedly. See how you like it. How <coughs> oh, oh, careful, you're going to make me drop it. I laughed. After chasing me around the beach a few times, Em gave up and we both hopped into the canoe and pushed off into the river. The current carried us toward the canyon. As we approached it, the waters narrowed and we moved faster. The air cooled considerably when we reached the shady pass. There were no riverbanks here, just steep red cliffs rising straight out of the water. Using a branch paddle, I steered us through, being careful not to hit any boulders poking up out of the water. I was surprised to find that just having Em sitting next to me helped calm my nerves. There was something about her confidence that reassured me. She leaned back and dipped her wings in the cool water. I love doing this back home. Did you ever soak your wings in Emerald Creek? All the time. 
That is until the razorfish started biting them and sprang up. Razorfish? I'm joking. We both laughed. I steered around a stuck log and dropped us down through a little waterfall. You hear that? Em looked around. I listened. Over the sound of rushing water, I heard it. A quiet melody echoed along the cliffs. A musical breeze sang above us. It's real, Em said excitedly. They really do sing. She glanced up at the cliffs whose white, glittering stripes glowed in pixie waves of light, in sync with the long, swelling notes of the music. It's beautiful, I said. They say the great singing spirits of Hifnor dwell here. Mother Moon granted them immortality if they would sing for all who passed. Those white lines of crystal are said to be what's left of them. They're wondrous, Em said, entranced by the chorus of soothing voices. The singing grew louder. I felt the canoe pick up speed. There weren't more rocks and the channel wasn't narrowing, and yet the current was growing quicker. Rapids started splashing against the canoe and the cliff walls. I struggled to maintain control. Hold on, I told Em as we narrowly missed a sharp rock. The singing grew louder. Echoing voices all but drowned out the sound of the water that now heaved and splashed in terrifying waves. Holding on to the sides of the boat, Em sat up and began singing along with the music. Her voice blended beautifully with the singing cliffs. The more she sang, the calmer the water became. Pretty soon, the voices sang more quietly and the current retreated back to a gentle push. Em finished singing and plopped back onto her seat. Oh, that felt good. I stared at her befuddled. Who are you? What? Em chuckled. You said they were alive, so I was just trying to speak their language. I nodded and smiled. We drifted peacefully through the rest of the canyon, a quiet chorus following us. When we reached the other side, the canyon opened up to a valley with sandy riverbanks and grassy hills. I pulled the boat ashore and helped Em out. This is where we'll train, I said, pointing to the mountain on my right. The reward for anyone who makes it through the singing cliffs and the reward that awaits you after a hard day of training. The pools of perfection? Em looked up at the shimmering blue pools that rippled in the side of the mountain, held there by pixie magic. This is the one part of the journey I've been looking forward to, I admitted. One dip in those enchanted waters and you regain all your strength. It's a vacation spot for trollings, they come to be rejuvenated after working in the bogs. But how do they get to them? Em asked, tilting her head. See those ropes dangling over the cliff? They rappel down and splash into the water. Since it's held together by pixie magic, it keeps them in until they're done swimming. Then they have to climb back up the ropes to get out. Sounds dangerous. It is. Trollings aren't known for their brains, are they? Come on, the sooner we finish your training, the sooner we get to swim. Stand over there by that log. Em did as I said, but when she reached the spot, she bent her knees and held out her arms in a weird fighting stance. I said stand there, not try to lay an egg. 
and straightened up. Be quiet. You must first learn to feel the pixie. Pixie is all around you. It's everywhere. In some places, the pixie is abundant. In others, it is scarce. It is up to you to call it to you, to breathe it in. Close your eyes. M closed her eyes. This isn't a trick, is it? Light, M, do you really think that little of me? Relax. Know that wielding pixie doesn't come easy. It takes practice and hard work. On our journey, I'm going to ask you to do hard things because wielding pixie is hard. Shaping it into powerful spells is hard. Doing good with it is hard. The more comfortable you get with being uncomfortable, the better. Normally, I teach you this principle by having you struggle through menial tasks. Em opened her eyes and folded her arms. You know what? I said. You got that honey for us, and I think that's enough chores for one day. Satisfied, Em nodded and then closed her eyes again. Focus on the air around you, I told her. Pixie is rarely seen with the naked eye. It is like a fine, warm mist that floats around us like weightless flecks of gold carried in the wind. Concentrate on the warm particles around you. Do you feel them? I... I think so. There's definitely something there. Good. We need to call it to you. Focus on a part of your skin. Maybe your hands. Imagine that warm pixie blowing against your hand like fine sand. Oh, there's definitely something there, Em said, struggling to contain her excitement. Hold on to it. Take slow, deep breaths, and imagine the pores in your skin opening and receiving the pixie. Em breathed slowly, and as she did, her skin began to glow. That's it. Keep going. Em kept breathing, and with every breath, she grew brighter and brighter, till I could barely look at her. She was like a fallen star, pulsing with a brilliant radiance. Magic fizzed in the air around us, making my hair stand up. That's enough. Right, Emerald. You sure you haven't done this before? I shielded my eyes from the light. Not intentionally, she said calmly. I took a feather quill and a piece of paper from my pack and handed them to her. Hold that pixie. It feels so heavy, Emerald said. You've summoned a lot of pixie. It's taking all your energy to hold it. But don't worry, we're about to channel it into a spell. You're holding in your hand a magical quail quill from the eastern hills. You'll use it to create spells. First, I want you to imagine a power that you would like to shape the pixie into. Then, holding on to that thought, think of a word and write it down. For a long moment, M focused intensely on her thoughts. And then, opening her eyes, she scribbled a word onto the paper. Done. Good. Now say that word and channel that pixie into it. I suggest testing it out on an inanimate object. Em held out her hand towards a little bird and said, Flickra! The bird's wings suddenly flapped furiously, making it zip off and propelling it straight into the mountainside. <coughs> there was a burst of feathers. I slowly looked at Em. You made a spell that kills birds? What's wrong with you? No, I created a spell to make my wings gain strength and flap faster. 
You were the one that told me to test it on something else. I said an inanimate object, not a living thing. What inanimate object has wings, Will? Hmm? I scratched my head. Fair enough. Keep that spell far away from me, will you? You've obviously come up with some spell words yourself without a quail quill. I'm impressed you've managed to make that work. That's just it, Emerald said. They don't really work because I've only had half the formula. I could always sort of sense Pixie. I hadn't known I needed to carefully breathe it in, so I must have summoned it out of sheer emotion. And then the words, I just say whatever silly thing comes to mind. That's what I thought you were doing. But the spell never comes out the way I imagine because I haven't used the quill. Fascinating, I said, pacing in front of her. Why don't you show me a few of the words you've come up with? Em's big green eyes widened behind her red bangs. Are you sure? Of course. What's the worst that could happen? Okay. Em rolled up her sleeves, held out her hands, and shouted, Ifmu! My hands started to swell. My face ballooned. My entire midsection inflated until I was as round and taut as a scratchberry. I wheezed between two fat cheeks. That's the worst that could happen. Oh, I'm so sorry, are you okay? Em ran over to help, but instead bumped into me, sending me rolling down the riverbank toward the water. Oh, oh, oh no, Will! I rolled further and further until I splashed into the water. Em jumped on top of my huge floating body. Holy puggle juice, what do I do? Why'd you tell me to do that? I didn't know you'd turn me into an ogre, I wheezed. How do I make you smaller? Em looked ridiculous, trying to squeeze me as if juice would come pouring out. Stop squeezing me! Em stopped, and I finally gathered myself enough to say, Igni! Gradually, I shrunk back down to normal size and marched out of the water with Em. That was amazing, she said. How did you come up with that spell? I've used it to make bigger food snack size. Never thought I'd have to use it to stop me from becoming a life raft. What were you imagining with that spell anyway? I was hoping it'd make little flowers appear in my hair. And what has it actually done in the past? Em looked down and drew little circles with her toe. Well, I lit my hair on fire once. My eyes bulged. That's good to know. Why don't you try a few more of your words on that rock way over there? I quickly hid behind a tree so she could practice. And yet, somehow, every time she blurted out a spell, the magic would find me. Piggy pie. <laughs> I became uncontrollably gassy. Misrobottom. Poof. My backside tripled in size and became solid stone. Fuegofo. Poof. My hair caught on fire. By the end of the experiment, I had been turned into slop, a very ugly cricket, a princess, and a very delicious-looking dinner biscuit, among other things. We'd gone through nearly every word she'd ever practiced, and not one of them proved to be what she was imagining. Let's... let's stick with the quail quill, I said, sprawled out on the sand. Exhausted and incredibly uncomfortable, I called it a day. Not sure why I'm rewarding you for punishing me, 
I joked as we headed over to the cliff. It was your idea, Emerald said. I'm sorry about filling your pants with billy beetles and turning you into a goat. That was a little offensive. We stopped at the bottom of the cliff and looked up at the glimmering vertical pools of perfection. Think you have enough wing left in you to make it? I'll manage. We flew up the face of the cave until the rock wall became blue liquid. Wind from the canyon sent ripples along the water. As I stepped into one of the pools, Pixie pulled me in feet first until I was floating in warm, fizzy water on the side of the mountain. Em hesitated before stepping in herself. Whoa! She emerged splashing and laughing. This feels amazing! Doesn't get much better than this, does it? I put my hands behind my head and floated, facing out at the river valley below. I remembered the first time I'd taken a dip in the pools of perfection. It'd taken me a while to get used to the sensation of swimming sideways. At first, it felt as though I was going to fall down the mountain if I leaned forward. But the pull of Pixie was strong, and after a minute of floating, I came to trust it. Em adjusted herself awkwardly, twisting and splashing, her dress inflated around her legs, filling with fizzy air. This is the weirdest place I've ever been. So this is the kind of stuff you run off to do. Sometimes. I usually use a place like this as a reward after doing something hard, like carrying a bugle ball back after a hunt. I could feel the pixie magic fizzing into my skin, restoring my strength and easing my muscles that ached from transforming so many times. Em finally got the hang of how to swim in the vertical pool and paddled over to me. She sniffed. <laughs> Is the water perfumed? Pretty wild, huh? The trollings dropped soothing oils into it. Come to think of it, they probably wouldn't be too happy to find a couple of fairies taking a dip in their favorite hideaway. Ah, <sighs> let them come. Em backpaddled up to me. See, it wasn't so terrible teaching your little sister, was it? I gave her a look. You lit my hair on fire and turned me into a goat. And... Okay, okay. I splashed her. You did well. Especially for your first day. I know I have a long way to go, but... I can already feel a difference. Yeah, well, pretty soon you'll have a whole library of spells in your head. When you get good enough, you can even combine your pixie magic with other wielders and use it together. But both hosts' wheels have to be aligned for it to work. Anyway, that's much more advanced. I'm not even sure I can do that yet. But it's exciting to think of what can be done when you wield pixie. I looked at her. Just don't overdo it. You'll wipe yourself out for days. Pixie wielding is a taxing hobby. What about wielding a Zaxlin? Em pointed to the blade at my side just below the water. That can be taxing too when it does nothing but lecture you all the time. How old is your Zaxlin? Gabriel, is it? I nodded. Gabriel the fifth. He's thousands of years old like most Zaxlins. They're the most ancient species of weapon in the realm forged with unbreakable steel and infused with a soul. Gabriel's very much alive. He's the reason I play the flute before bed most nights. It's how he prefers to wind down. Really? I wondered why you always did that. Then pushed her wet hair out of her face and gazed upon the incredible view from the pool. Floating as we were, 
We looked as though we were both molded into the side of the mountain. There was a long silence before M asked, How can I get a Zaxlin? Gabriel rattled at my side, but I ignored him. You can't. I only got mine because Magborn had it stored on his ship. It chose me. Saxlins are extremely rare. I wouldn't know where to start looking for one. Oh. M lowered her head. You're lucky then. I am. So are you in a lot of ways. M scoffed. <laughs> yeah, lucky to be your sister. What is that supposed to mean? It means being related to you hasn't exactly been a flight over the treetops, Will. Covering for you, being stuck at home all the time. Mom and Dad need more help. All the Daft Council members are constantly bickering and pushing their agendas on me. All while you get to fly around having pool parties for yourself. Do not! M pointed at the water, and I shrugged. M continued... Even if they knew you were splashing around in pools, it wouldn't change how everyone sees you. Nothing can bring down the great Willem Wingling, or Pixie King Hero. Em shook her head and sighed. We're out here chasing a shadow when I've been living in one my whole life. I swallowed. Em leaned back, letting her wings spread out and float delicately on top of the water. How much time do you think we have before the shadow reaches Emerald Creek? I don't know. Not a lot, I'm sure. But we're making progress. I've sensed more and more dark pixie, which means we're heading in the right direction. And when we reach Tim, what then? If anyone can talk some sense into him, it's me. You sure about that? No. Do you have a better idea? Em put her hands behind her head. I'll let you know when I do. For a while, we just floated there enjoying the view from the pools. I thought back on my training with Magborn. He had taught by word and example. Could I say the same? Was I being someone M could look up to, or someone that held her back? She'd said Magborn had come looking for me. Was he angry with me? Had I disappointed him too? Garbers, I missed him. Magborn lived for days like today. Rejuvenated and quite pruny, Em and I hopped out of the pools just in time for the scruffy trollings to show up. The little pudgy trolls grumbled angrily when they saw us and swung down on their ropes, splashing into the water as hard as they could in order to force us out. All right, all right, we're going, I said as we flew away. We fluttered back down to the riverbank, where I started setting up the invisible teepee while Em gathered wood for a fire. Stars pricked the darkening sky, and Mother Moon poked her head up over the mountaintop. Unsheathing my Zaxlin, I used the handle to pound in the teepee's stakes. Almost immediately, Gabriel's voice came to me. Training your sister was a wise choice. Don't flatter yourself, I whispered. I didn't do it because of you. The light wills it. She's stronger than she knows. That she is... She will need a Zaxlin as part of her training. Yeah, well, I don't know where to get one. I do. What? I stopped hammering to look at my sword. Why didn't you say something? I've been trying to say something all day, but you've been avoiding me. The fact that you wouldn't think to ask a Zaxlin where to find another Zaxlin is preposterous. 
Honestly, boy. Do you want to go back in the sheath? Not yet. Not without a song. <sighs> Help me finish knocking in these stakes and I'll play a tune. Three. One. True songs, multiple verses. Fine. Light, you're needy. Where is the other Zaxlin, anyway? It is with the forger. I will lead you to him in the morning. He is not far from here. The forger? You're taking us to someone who makes Zaxlins? Tomorrow, my boy, I take you to the greatest weaponsmith to ever live. A couple more pounds should do it. There. Now, my songs. Propping my sword up on a rock, I reached into my pack for the flute. But instead, my hand touched the two shadow stones. Darkness seized me. Images of burning fairy homes and the sounds of crying women and children filled my mind. I saw a black shadow blade raised high in the air. Minions cheered around me. I felt the triumph, the excitement, the power. I let go of the stones and immediately the thoughts vanished. I stared down at the stones for a long moment. Then I looked up at M was already asleep inside the teepee on the other side of the pixie fire. She hadn't even stirred. My shaking hand moved to the flute and pulled it out. How about dragonfly dance? I said, trying to brighten my thoughts. One of your favorites? Gabriel flapped his handle wings happily. Leaning back against my pack, I played us both a lullaby under the light of Mother Moon. Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Winglings and the Fairy Kings. Thank you, Mom, Roxanne Webb, for helping me edit the episode, and Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping edit the audio. Rocketeers, if you've enjoyed these stories, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to these stories. Tell your friends and family about them. Until next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.